so yesterday i asked somebody i said what should i uh, speak on so last week rishi told me she saying he saying you know what priya i read the old testament and he saying one thing that god wanted in the old testament is just to trust him he wanted his people just to trust him and every story i read he wanted people just to trust him i was like yeah that's so true so yesterday i was sitting uh, with my assistant on the set and i was wondering what i'm going to share today i thought i'm going to do like father like son 2.0 uh, you know so i still had that wording like father like son but i went for a canteen break and so i sat in front of my assistant who's sitting in front i said give me one word right now for tomorrow what should i speak so uh, she's like ma'am speak on trust i was like okay i'm going to speak on trust cuz i said two weeks ago someone shared about this okay so what i'm going to do is we're going to read something we have taken predominantly from the old but i want you to read and you're going to walk with me and we're just going to read a few passages we're going to look at abraham's life we're going to look at moses life we're going to look at esther's life and what is trust and just trusting in him and trusting in him sometimes means that you don't see it all together because somewhere deep down you want everything to be so clear because only then you can walk and trust has got to do with actually trusting that he is good and trusting in his nature that he is good that even when you may not see it all together i just trust that he is in the goodness of god okay so let's read so i took that word trust and i googled it i looked it up in hebrew okay and it came up to this it comes from the word batak b a t a c h it means to trust so i loved one of the words that trust meant it means to bold be bold confident it means to be secure trust means to be sure it also means trust means the careless one doesn't that sound weird like the careless one a person who trust don't you say it's take care take care but here the word trust actually means someone who is careless where we heard that in the bible don't take any cares because cast all your cares on him because he cares for you do not worry why because you have a heavenly father caring for you so where does trust come you can only really trust when you know someone is overlooking you that you're not alone that you have a heavenly father and that's why careless the careless one someone who's not taking cares because someone else is caring for you i told you once you can't really sit on a chair if you don't know that the chair is holding you then constantly you'll be in half fit because you don't really trust in the nature of the chair to hold you and trust has got to do with simply just letting go and trusting that the father's got this okay so we're going to read that okay so it means careless one put confidence make to hope to hide for refuge be confident assure careless put confidence hope to put your trust in something okay so let's look at abraham's life okay so i want to i'm just taking that passage from genesis 12 so god speaks to abraham and these are the first words Now the Lord said to Abram okay this is before God meets him he makes Abraham's name Abraham and Sarah's name Sarai okay so this is before that and God tells Abraham get out of your country 
from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. What did God say to him? Get out from your country, from your family, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And it says in the next verse, let's go on to the next now it came to pass after these things, sorry, 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 sorry. And it says in verse 4, so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. Abraham just steps out without even knowing where God is taking him. Just steps out. God says, leave your country, your father, your mother, everyone, and I'm going to take you to a land. And he just takes a step of faith without even seeing the clear picture. Why? Because God is all about relationship. And you walk one step, one step, one step by him in faith. Remember even Jesus when he was with the disciples, he said, I have so much more to tell you, but I can't tell you now because you won't be able to handle it. Imagine if the disciples just made him sit and no, tell us everything now. And then he telling them, I'm going to go to the cross. Then, you know, all of you are going to die with me. You're crucified with me. And then we're going to rise again. Then the Holy Spirit is going to come. Maybe at that time, it was just too much for them to understand. And then he's telling them, teaching them nugget by nugget by nugget. And so what is it doing between both of them? It's building a relationship of trust. That even when I don't see it clearly fully, right now I'm just going to step out on what you've told me to do blindly and I trust that in this you are seeing something, you've already figured it out so I can just learn to walk my small steps. Yes? Let's go to Genesis 22. Okay? All okay? Okay. This is Abraham. So now God tells Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. You know the story, right? Abraham had Sarah, was married to Sarah. And then God has given him a word that through you, many generations are going to come. Through you, many descendants are going to come. And then Abraham is waiting for that promise of that promised child. And Abraham gets tired. And so what does he do? He gets tired of waiting. So there is Hagar. Sarah tells Hagar, go and lay with my man. And through that comes Ishmael. Okay, and then later on, God calls that act, act of the flesh. Because she thought that she needed to help God to get something, get his word done. And so what happens? Isaac is born at the set time God appears. And then uh, through Sarah, Isaac is born. And then later on, God gives a word to Abraham. Bring your son, your only son. I like that God said only, but did Abraham had two, he had two sons? But why did God say only son? Because God doesn't recognize flesh. God only recognizes faith. That's why I said his relationship to you is not through your flesh. Your flesh has been crucified on the cross with Christ. God is right now looking at you in spirit as a son of God. And you have his righteousness. Okay. That's why he says your only son. But he had Ishmael also. Okay, now see this, Genesis 22. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. 
Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off and Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and the lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. God has given, God has given Abraham Isaac. And God has said from Isaac, many, many generations are going to come. And now God says to him, bring your only son and put him on the altar. And without even questioning anything, Abraham just steps out. Now imagine what could have gone through Abraham's head trying to logically process what's going on in his head. Didn't he just promise? And then what is all this? What's going to happen? What's the outcome? And in that, Abraham just steps out in faith. But how did he know that God will provide a lamb for him? Because he trusts in the nature of God. Now look at this. It says here, then they came to the place of which God had told him and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to lay, slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its thorns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, the Lord will provide. You know when people say, lay your uh, Isaac on the altar. But did God really ask him to do that? God laid his son for you. So that today he is not having such demands from you. Put this on the altar or put that on the altar. In fact, he didn't even allow Abraham to do that. Because God knew that he is going to give up his only begotten son for us. Okay, now look at this. Look at Genesis 24. Genesis 24 is Abraham going to now look out for a bride for Isaac. Now imagine Isaac doesn't know anything. He's, in fact, he's even in the fields. He doesn't know what's going on. But Abraham thought and he tells his servant, you know what? I want you to go to back home to my brother's house. Don't take a wife from the Canaanites. But go to my brother's house, go to the land and from there you're going to bring a wife for my son. Okay, now look at this. 
verse 24 now abraham was old well advanced in age and the lord had blessed abraham in all things so abraham said to the oldest servant of his house who ruled over all that he had please put your hand under my thigh and i will make you swear by the lord the god of heaven the god of earth that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the canaanites among whom i dwell but you shall go to my country to my family and take a wife for my son isaac and the servant said to him perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land must i take your son back to the land from which you came but abraham said to him beware that you do not take my son back there the lord god of heaven who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family and who spoke to me and swore to me saying to your descendants i will give this land he will send his angel before you and you shall take a wife for my son from there and if the woman is not willing to follow you then you will be released from this oath only do not take my son back there so the servant put his hand under the thigh of abraham his master and swore to him concerning this matter how confident is abraham that abraham tells him you know what god will send his angel before and you go to the land of my brothers to my country and then god is going to prosper you god is going to make that happen and you know what happens right the servant goes ahead and then who comes who does he meet by the well rebecca and then rebecca comes and he lands up going to his brother's house and he's like oh my look at how good my god is what is the relationship of abraham who is it with who is it with for all things even for his son's wife who is his relationship with his father just trusting did abraham know what the outcome was what the outcome was going to be because it says if she's unwilling just leave it but what did abraham do just stepped out in faith just in trust that god will lead him okay now look at this so let's look at joseph's life how beloved is awake okay i love joseph's life okay genesis 41 so i've just taken the last three scriptures of joseph because i really love this you know joseph's life who was joseph's dad who was joseph's dad huh how many read your bible How many people have been in the Lord for over five years? Put your hands up. How many actually read? Who is Abra- uh, Who is Joseph's dad? Jacob. How many sons does Jacob have? Huh? Twelve. Twelve tribes. Okay. And Joseph is one of them. Okay. Who is Joseph's brother? Only brother. Real brother. Benjamin. Yes. Okay. And so you know the story, right? Joseph is Jacob's. favorite okay and he makes him the coat of many colors his brothers envy him constantly and now joseph gets lovely dreams that all of these are going to bow down to me like first there are some many sheaves bowing down to him then there is a sun the moon the stars bowing down and joseph is an open mouth a big mouth and goes and shares all these dreams and so now his brothers know what these dreams mean even his father knows like how are we going to worship you this is not can't be god so what they do they try to do something to undo these dreams so his brothers come together one day when he's all going out somewhere and they say we'll go and sell this joseph because he's too happy he's wearing this coat of many colors they're a little pissed off with him maybe jealous of him and they decide to go and sell him to the who do they sell him to 
Ishmaelites. Okay, that time. Long story. From the selling, he lands up at Potiphar's house. But you see, Joseph just doesn't care. He's got these dreams. Is it his responsibility to make these dreams come true? We didn't even. I don't even know we had that bell. Okay. Is is it? If God gives you a dream, is it your responsibility to make it happen? No. If He did it, He will do it. He gave you the dream. Let Him fulfill it. Okay. So God gives Joseph these dreams. He is and the Ishmaelites from the Ishmaelites he go to Pot, uh, goes to Potiphar's house. There Potiphar suddenly he gets favor in front of Potiphar and Potiphar makes him the head over all the things. So suddenly now all the cows, all the cattle, everything under Joseph's life, all the land, all the crop, everything is very blessed. Potiphar's wife suddenly comes and makes a move on him. So now Joseph gets all flustered and says, "How can I do this? Because Potiphar has not held anything against me except you. How can I do this against?" who does he say against you you know what the dialogue is he says how can i do this how can i commit this sin against my god i can't do this because he's held nothing he has kept he's given me everything and then from there the wife falsely accuses him he lands up in the prison in the prison you know what happens right he has an encounter so there the dungeon keeper suddenly gets favor with that that guy and he makes him the head dungeon keeper there maybe he's taking care of all the other prison members and there he meets a baker and a butler he interprets their dreams both of whatever he interpreted happened but then the baker and the butler forget about him he tells him joseph tells him please don't forget about me but they forget about him two years he's still in the dungeon and then one day the king has a dream and who remembered the butler remembered oh there's a guy who interprets after 2 years staying in prison and then it didn't matter how long he was in the dungeon or how crap all of those years were because one day it takes one day to change everything and then suddenly he comes and stands they call for him the guy who interprets the dream so suddenly they take his clothes they maybe shave his hair off cut his hair cut his beard he's had a clean bath they put on good clothes because now he's going to be standing in front of pharaoh and in one minute he interprets the dream everything is changed pharaoh puts a signet ring on him and everything is changed and i love these two lines okay let's read genesis 41 look what god did for him and to joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came from asenath the daughter of potipharah priest of on bo to him joseph called the name of the first born manasseh for god has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house and the name of the second one he called ephraim for god has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction what was the first God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house all of that journey maybe it was with him but in one moment everything is washed and i love the second god has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction this guy was in the prison but in there he still trusts when they came and asked him interpret he saying interpret i can't interpret but interpretations belong to god and he will give you an answer of peace just trusting god when nothing made sense this guy has prophetic dreams given and he could just be looking at it what is going on 
you gave me these dreams and now everything looks opposite of what this is do i are you really speaking with me what's going on and then in all of that he just kept on just proceeding and going ahead and going ahead and like we say just going with the flow just go ahead he wasn't bitter you don't see him bitter anywhere you just see him just carrying on with who he is still just saying that god is good in that way when he's interpreting he's saying i don't know the interpretations belong to god just being so having a good reputation or a good image of god even in all of that wherever he is he's falsely accused not once twice and he's just relaxing and trusting and what did god do for him god honored him and not did they see it potiphar's wife she put him in the dungeon but now he became governor over all of egypt you know the story right he saved israel at the time when the famine came israel got saved because of his wisdom because now they had food that's why god had sent him beforehand so you can see where he didn't understand his purpose or whatever was going on just trusting god that god knew the bigger picture and he just flowed with him sometimes when it doesn't make sense just keep flowing and don't get bitter towards him just keep walking ahead because sometimes we may not see what the big picture is and it looks like everything is just like going downwards but just resting and trusting that he knows it all and in the end i will be singing praises of god and not only will you see it but everybody can see the bigger bigger plan even he didn't know what he was doing why he had gone ahead and look what he says genesis 45 but now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here for god sent me before you to preserve life do you think even joseph knew when joseph's brothers must have sold him even he doesn't know what's going on they are selling me all of this but when the famine came when he stood in front of pharaoh when the whole trial came and now he knew why he is in egypt because he had the wisdom he saw it and now his plan what happened it saved all of israel it saved all the people and now he can see now i can see god's greater purpose in that oh the potiphar oh they had to sell me there because how will i come to egypt and oh i had to go into the dungeon because one day i would have to come up and meet pharaoh and so now he can see all of the bigger picture okay and look at the next verse that says genesis 5020 but as for you you meant evil against me you meant evil he's telling his brothers but god meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive so what does it tell you about you someone can do something intentionally and mean evil for you but your father is able to turn it around for your good that's why it says all things work together for good to those who love god to those who are called according to his purpose that means it doesn't matter what is coming against you your father it's coming against righteousness everything will turn out for life and for your good okay just trusting him now look at this look at moses let's look at moses life okay i've just taken the bit when they're in the wilderness and god is instructing them about manna one of the things when god left uh, you know about moses life god picked moses and said you know what you're going to deliver the children of israel 
from bondage into the promised land that's what jesus did for us right from bondage from this world from darkness into light and it says that god actually purposely took them through the wilderness not through the cities because they would encounter these mighty men and they might run back to slavery so god took them actually through a longer cut so that they just want go back they don't want to go back to darkness again imagine how good god is okay and so look at this let's read chapter 16 and they journeyed from elim and and all the congregation of the children of israel came to the wilderness of sin which is between elim and sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of egypt then the whole congregation of the children of israel complained against moses and aaron in the wilderness and the children of israel said to them oh that we had died by the hand of the lord in the land of egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger then the lord said to moses behold i will rain bread from heaven for you and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that i may test them whether they will walk in my law or not and it shall be on the 6th day that they shall prepare what they bring in and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily what happened on the 6th day they will get how much twice as much why on the 6th day because the 7th day is rest that means 6th day has enough for the 7th day you don't have to go out and gather i've given you enough on the 6th day okay every day how much did they have to gather just for that day what does jesus tell us to do do not worry about tomorrow for today is sufficient i've given you grace sufficient for my grace is sufficient for for you but for just live in the now whatever you need he's already got it figured just right now how much food every day you need ha huh? are you filling up for one whole year in one day you eat food for every day how much ever you eat at one table no matter how much the food is amazing you go to someone's wedding you try and stuff everything what will happen you'll go sit on the pot it will all come how much ever you like it the food is only there for for few hours just for that day that's why even the food you're eating the manner the word that you get god is giving you is actually just for that day he doesn't expect you to be so forward thinking to actually just rest just for today i've given you grace relax okay now see this then moses so there is a there is a wisdom here in the manner that came it didn't come for the whole month he could have said just collect it and just keep it and then i'm done my job on this monday i will be giving you everything for the whole week why does he give every day it's to build relationship of trust that you're there every day okay now see this then moses and aaron said to all the children of israel at evening you shall know that the lord has brought you out of the land of egypt and in the morning you shall see the glory of the lord for he hears your complaints against the lord uh but what are we that you complain against us also moses said this shall be seen when the lord gives you meat in the to eat in the evening and in the morning bread to the full 
for the lord hears your complaints which you have made against him and what are we your complaints are not against us but against the lord then moses spoke to aaron say to all the congregation of the children of israel come near before the lord for he has heard your complaints now it came to pass as aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of israel that they looked forward towards the wilderness and behold the glory of the lord appeared in the cloud and the lord spoke to moses saying i have heard the complaints of the children of israel speak to them saying at twilight you shall eat meat and in the morning you shall be filled with bread and you shall know that i am the lord your god so it was that quail came up at evening what is quail they're birds they're like pigeons okay quails came up in the evening and covered the camp and in the morning the dew lay all around the camp and when the layer of dew lifted there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground so when the children of israel saw it they said to one another what is this for they did not know what it was this was something new that no one had ever seen till then manna what is this creating something new okay now look at this and moses said to them this is the bread which the lord has given you to eat this is the thing which the lord has commanded let every man gather it according to each one's need one omar for each person according to the number of persons let every man take for those who are in his tent then the children of israel did so and gathered some more some less some gathered more some gathered now see what happened so when they measured it by omars omers maybe he who gathered much had nothing left over that means he who gathered a lot had dher sara liya had everything got over nothing left over he who gathered little had no lack that means there was little but suddenly he ate that then they were all filled okay every man had gathered according to each one's need and moses said let no one leave any of it till morning notwithstanding they did not heed moses they did not listen to him because they did not trust that god will provide that i need to still keep something because i don't know he is here today i don't know if he will be there tomorrow for me he's done this miracle today for me but i have no idea if he'll show up tomorrow in my life okay and look at this but some of them left part of it till morning and it bred worms and stank and moses was angry with them so they gathered it every morning every man according to his need and when the sun became hot it melted and so it was on the 6th day that they gathered twice as much bread two omers for each one and all the rulers of the congregation came and told moses then he said to them this is what the lord has said tomorrow is a shabbat rest a holy shabbat to the lord bake what you will bake today and boil what you will boil and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until morning so they laid it up till morning as moses commanded and it did not sting nor were there any worms in it then moses said eat that today for today is a shabbat to the lord today you will not find it in the field six days you shall gather it but on the seventh day the shabbat there will be none 
Now it happened that some of the people went on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, the Lord has given you the Shabbat. Therefore, he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. And the house of Israel called its name manna, and it was like white coriander seed. And the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Verse 32, Then Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Fill an omer with it to be kept for your generations, that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, Take a pot and put an omer of manna in it and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. And the children of Israel ate manna, how many years? Forty years. Until they came to an inhabited land, they ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Now an omer is one-tenth of an ephah. God provided them supernatural food in the wilderness for 40 years. That means where was their supply coming from? I told you as sons of God, our supply chain changed. Our supply doesn't come from the resources of the world. Our supply comes from our heavenly father. Even as sons, when it's true for us, you can see it even in the old that the father was supernaturally supplying always for his children. Man are something that they never even conceived before. But God is giving it every day. So imagine every day they had to trust that he was there for the next day. That he was there for the next day. You know, we take trust for granted sometimes. You go to sleep, the sun rises the next morning. What if the sun didn't rise? What if the earth stopped spinning? You trust him. <laughs> what trust? Going to sleep knowing that tomorrow there's dawn and there's morning and the sun is still spinning and the, uh, the, the earth is still spinning and the sun will rise. Trust. You trust. Okay? Say, I trust. Okay, look at this. Deuteronomy 8. So this is God. I've just taken ahead what God was trying to do with the manna. Every commandment which I command you today must be, uh, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go on and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what is in your heart, whether you keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. What was he trying to tell them? You know how the fall happened? It was about food. God said, God told Adam, don't eat out of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The day you eat, eat. Out of this, you're going to die. What happens? The devil comes and tricks. Adam partakes of the food in the mouth. What was God trying to tell them first? Go by what 
father is saying. Now what he's trying to do with manna? So that you learn that you don't go by what you're eating. You're going and you're living by the spoken word of God. You are trusting, also building a relationship of trust. It fell because of trust, that they didn't trust that God, that their father was on their side, that God was good to them. And all of this, you can see that God is trying to establish trust in them that, look, I'm here. Imagine 40 days. In fact, before this happened, God has just parted the Red Sea for them and done all of these crazy miracles. He's taken the rock out of the rock, even brought water for them. What is all of this showing? I'm on your side. I am for you. I am good to you. I want to be good to you every day. Trust me. I am the same yesterday, today and forever. He provided manna yesterday. He provided manna today. He'll provide manna tomorrow. That's what he was trying to do. And see this. It says here, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. That means you begin to trust my word. Trust me at my word. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Your garments did not wear out. They did not tear. Supernatural. No need of nirma. No need of washing machine. Your garments didn't tear. I know when I make clothes sometimes, little weight gain. For if I have to put my clothes on somebody and they sit, it can snap. So I'm just wondering if their garments didn't wear out, the garments didn't tear, they didn't gain weight, kya? Maybe not. They were all fit and fine. That means that manner was supernatural food. Was just maybe giving them strength, not making them become fat. Their garments didn't wear out, nor their foot swell for 40 years. Supernatural health in the wilderness. Okay? You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord God chastens you. We've heard about this chastening, right? In Hebrews, God doesn't correct you with sickness and disease or with accidents. God corrects you through his word. You see it in the wilderness. What was God doing? Correcting them, they have to obey what? His, his word. Just his word. I told you six day, I'll give you twice. Sunday, please don't go out and gather on the Shabbat. Then they do the same thing. They go out and gather because they don't trust. Then on the other days, gathering a little more. No, no. What if he doesn't show up tomorrow? And it's that little, little heart where God wants to just remove all of that and just bring you in a place of like, can you just Trust me that I am good to you. Okay? Now see this. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and fear him. Verse 7. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Look at the promised land. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, of wines and of fig trees and pomegranates. A land of olive oil and honey. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. In which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are irons and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. When you have eaten and are full, then what, what does he want at the end of the day? So that you will, 
All the macho ones, maybe the you know heavy lifters and all, and God is like, no, not this, not this, not this, not this. Seven sons, and then finally, Jesse say, uh, Samuel says, "Do you have anyone else? Because it's none of these." But God has said that out of your house, He is going to. There's going to be a king coming out, and so uh, Jesse says, "Yeah, I have this small little, my youngest one. He's out in the field, maybe seventeen years old. But what is he? He's saying, no, I'll wait for him." And then comes David out, thin, maybe puny. but good looking young boy youth and then god says he is my chosen one anoint him he is going to be king of israel now prophetic word has come and from then on all gadbad just looks like crap going on in his life i'm going to be king this doesn't look like king <clears throat> what happens and we'll see but look at his encounter with saul okay this is the first time he meets saul So now comes Goliath this big guy to in the land of his his land and everyone Saul and all of his armies are wondering how to take this guy down and there comes David and look at his arrogance okay now David comes in front and then David said to Saul uh and they're planning like strategies of how to take Goliath down imagine all the wisdom can be useless 
it just takes one person who knows not who he is also who knows who he is in relation to who he is now see this it says here that david said to saul let no man's heart fail because of him your servant will go and fight with this philistine and saul said to david you are not able to go against this philistine to fight with him for you are a youth and he is a man of war from his youth that means experience a man of war from his youth and you are a youth that means this guy must be almost double of david's age lot of experience okay but david said to saul your servant used to your servant used to keep his father's sheep and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock i went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth and when it arose against me i caught it by its beard and struck and killed it your servant has killed both lion and bear and this uncircumcised philistine will be like one of them seeing he has defiled the armies of the living god moreover david said the lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear he will deliver me from the hand of this philistine who is going to do it the father where does the father dwell now in you in the new covenant you died it's all christ in you that's why i say don't try and solve your problems let him solve it for you why are you addressing them he will address them in you why are you trying to heal yourself rest he will fix it resurrection life in you will eat everything up in your body even as you learn to not try and run after it and try to be your own savior okay now see this and Saul said to David go and the Lord be with you so Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head he also clothed him with a coat of mail David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk for he had not tested them and David said to Saul i cannot walk with these for i have not tested them so David took them off so what does Saul try to do put his all revelation on david yeah this is my revelation you walk in it and then david can't because he's not tested it that means he's never walked in this before and what does david do then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the philistine so the philistine came and began drawing near to david and the man who bore the shield went before him and when the philistine looked about and saw david he disdained him for he was only a youth ruddy and good looking so the philistine said to david am i a dog that you come to me with sticks and the philistine cursed david by his gods and the philistine said to david come to me and i will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field i'm just thinking imagine david's guts to go by the Saul has given him this whole chain mail sword everything and he's like <laughs> maybe he's looked this big okay he's like i can't wear this and then he goes by the you know the road and he's picking up these puny pebbles <laughs> putting it in his i'm just wondering what's going on in his head he's like yeah i'm going to take this and one you know slingshot i'm going to do and then Uh, this goliath's reaction like you're coming to me with this this piddly little sticks and you're going to kill me okay now see this then david said to the philistine uh, you come to me with a sword 
with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistine. I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all his this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save the Lord does not save with sword and spear. That means it's not in your strength and in your wisdom. But God for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. That means it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. That's why God says I will use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. It's got nothing to do with your strength. It's got to do with his ability and his strength. Okay? And you know what happened, right? So it was when the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. So what does all of Israel know now? With a sling and a stone? So that now all of Israel's confidence is not in David. They know it is in the Lord. That when God does such things with the simplicity that everyone can look at your life and know that it has nothing to do with you. It's got to all do with Christ in you. Or the Lord is with you who has given you this victory. Okay? See this. So he fell on his face. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. With Goliath's own sword. The person who came against him, his own sword and cut his own head. Okay, I love David's story. Okay, what a journey of just trust going in front of the big Goliath who could just take David and just do this because Goliath had a javelin, he had a spear, he had what all. He was probably mighty three times more because all of Israel was scared of him. And then this guy just goes, puny little thing with his three marbles and is standing why? Is because his trust is not in him, it's in whose he is. You're a son, you belong to a father. Trust that you have a father who's got this. Okay? Now see this. Look at Esther's life. Esther was chosen, you know the story of Esther, right? King Ahasuerus, he's married to Vashti. He calls her for some event, some little gathering. She refuses to come. So now it becomes dishonorable that the queen didn't come. So now she is said, no more will you ever come into my presence. And now the king decides I'm going to have a new queen. And so all the virgins of the land are gathered. They're brought and Esther is one of them. Esther is a Jew, but his 
her uncle Mordecai says, don't tell them that you are a Jew. Hide your identity. Long story, Esther goes before the king like all the other virgins go. And then the Bible says that she found favor in the sight of the king. God put favor in his eyes for her. That means of all the women that were there, it's only God that could put favor in someone's heart for you. And God did it. And now she becomes queen. Esther has become queen. And now what happens? There's a bad guy called Haman. He wants to just get rid of all the Jews in the land. And so he gives this whole decree that, you know what, all the Jews are going to be annihilated on this day. So Mordecai goes and tells Esther. And what does Esther do? She's scared. She's like, no, unless the king calls for me, I can't go uninvited. Because that time, you can't just go present yourself to the king. You have to be invited. You have to be called to present yourself to the king. And what does she do? Look at this. Then Esther spoke to Hatash and gave him a command for Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court to the king who has not been called, he has but one law, put all put all to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter, that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go in to the king these 30 days. So they told Mordecai Esther's words. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. What does Mordecai tell? Who knows, Esther, that God put favor in the heart of the king so that one day when Haman is coming, you are supposed to go and speak up. And now it looked like she had to speak up when everything looked like don't speak up. The law says don't speak up. And then she just had to stand up for the truth that I am here because God wants me to open my mouth. And then what, you know what happens, right? She tells, okay, tell Mordecai, I am going to go uninvited in the king's presence. Fast and pray for me. And so now she decides to stand with the God of Israel. meaning. To trust God and just blindly go. And then she goes uninvited to the king. And you know what happens, right? He holds out his golden scepter. She finds favor with him. And then she calls them for a banquet. She calls them for one or two banquets. And then finally, she says that Haman is trying to kill all the Jews. And she reveals her identity that I'm Jewish. And then because of her, God cancels that whole decree that is there on the Jews. How much favor did she get? And more honor did she get? That not only did she save herself, but all of the nation. What did she have to do? Just trust. Just trust God. Just trust in His nature. Just trust in His goodness over everything. And sometimes when it didn't make sense, just to go ahead and just trust. Like I could die here. But I'm just going to go and stand up for what I believe is true. And then she goes and then she finds favor. You see, every time you stand up for the truth, God puts his scepter out. It's like that. It's like he is going for you. He defends you. He lifts your head up. He is doing amazing things. Is because you are standing up for what you believe is true. That's why the Bible says, signs and wonders follow them that believe. Why have the signs and wonders? 
Why have the signs and wonders? The signs and wonders are to back you up. They're supernatural. Signs and wonders, miraculous, will follow them that believe. So that I will be your supernatural God so that you can be my testimony that, yeah, Jesus is Lord. He is the one. You're a son of God. He is so, so good. What does it say? The last verse I want to take. Romans 10, 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Our greatest rest and trust. Whoever calls the simplicity on the name of Jesus shall be saved from what? Everything. Whatever is coming against you. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, in the whole old, whatever we just, I just took a few, few stories. Just trust. And that time Christ was not even in them. They were not even sons of God. It was just relationship of God and man. But still the rest. Now in the new covenant, after Jesus came, died, rose again. When he went on the cross, you went on the cross. When he died, we died. When he rose again, we rose again. We died. It's all him in you. Nothing has changed. First, God was working from the outside. But now he works from the inside. And our rest and trust is still that he's got this. And he's going to do this. And I'm not alone now. It's He's always got this. In the old, it was conditional if they were good. But now, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Every time you can say, Father, I thank you that you've got this. I'm not trying to fix this. You are going to fix this. I'm not going to try and do this. You are going to do this. And you can learn to rest and really sleep in Christ. Okay? So we're going to close. We're going to take a tithe. Say this after me. Father, I'm a son in your kingdom. Jesus, you're my high priest. And right now, I give you a tithe of all the increase and life that you brought to my soul. Just worship him with it right now. Father, we just trust you. Just say, Jesus, I trust you that you are so good to me. Amen.